You're listening to the Sporting Heroes podcast. My name's Matt Jones and on this episode, my guest is somebody who had a long and distinguished career in rugby union. He played for the likes of Saracens and Sale Sharks and he also won a cap for England in 2007 as well. It's a warm welcome to Matt Cairns. You're from the Wirral. The Wirral's quite a hotbed, actually, for rugby union talent. There's the likes of yourself who've come through, Matt Dawson, Austin Healy as well. Yeah. Maybe not so much this side of the water, but yeah. what was it that got you into rugby union? Yeah, I think um, it is a hotbed for rugby, actually, and there's, there's guys who are playing the professional game now who have come from the Wirral currently, and um, I think the reason for that is the grammar schools that play rugby. Um, you know, you've got Wirral Grammar School, Coldy, St. Anselm's, Birkenhead High School, but big rugby schools. Um, but I, I mean, that before I went to Wirral, I was a uh, footballer. You know, I love playing football, and um, I didn't think I'd get involved in rugby at all. But you go to the uh, go to that school, you know, they get you into playing rugby, and um, you know, once you start playing rugby, it's a game that you fall in love with. Absolutely. So, can you remember first trying it out and thinking this is the sport for me? Yeah, it, it, straight away, really. You know, I think I got I got um, when I started going to the grammar school. My brother was already there, and he bought me a rugby ball and said, "Look, you have to learn how to play this because everyone, you know, that's the sport at the school." And from the very first training session, I absolutely loved it, and uh, it was perfect for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I never looked back. Really, absolutely loved it and loved my time at the school playing for the school. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a great sport to be involved in. So how long was it then before you became or were attached to a professional club? Well, it was it was until I left school. Actually, I didn't um, I, when I left school. And, well, I, I left school in ninety seven, but the game had only turned pro in ninety five. So really, I didn't really know what was going to happen when I left school. I obviously, just going to university, so I went down to university in London um, via. Um, I got picked up from Saracens and I just coming towards um, the, the back end of my uh, school career and. Um, I went to uh, university in London and signed for Saracens at the same time. So in 1997, I was 18. So that was my first club, really. Um, And, you know, you're playing a bit of university rugby, but also playing for Saracens on a Saturday and um, trying to push for a professional contract, which is obviously the main goal in my first year there. Sounds like quite a difficult thing to juggle. Does that kind of thing still happen? People studying and playing at the same yeah, time? Yeah, it does. And I think a lot of the clubs actively encourage it. And the players, the PRA or the, the RPA, which is the um, like the uh, PFA, I suppose, in football, the players' union, actively encourage you doing something else, some learning. So a lot a lot of the guys, rather than go to university now where we would have done, are doing open university or doing other study courses um, or, or you know doing something in business. Because it's, uh, it's proven that guys in education make better professional sportsmen because you've got other things to focus on as well as just playing your professional sports. So when did you make your debut then? How old were you? Um, yeah, I, I made my debut, I think I was 19, um, uh, against uh, Gloucester. Um, so they've been 90, 98-ish, something like, something like that maybe. Um, so I was young for the position of player, I played in the front row. Um, I was I was pretty young, so I was good. It was good that uh, I was able to make my debut so young and um, get an opportunity at that point. Is it tough when you're that age coming up against quite experienced, hard, older men? Yeah, obviously, but you train, you, you know, at Saracens at the time, they, they were a bit like the Galacticos that bought a lot of ex um Southern Hemisphere players who were legends of the game, like Philippe Seller, Michael Liner, Francois Pinar, all these sort of guys um, were at the club at the time. So you're training with these absolute legends every day. So you sort of, you know, as you get into it, you become less phased and you're just focused on what you want to do. And, um, you know, the start of your career is like, wow, this is, you know, this is really happening. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, you leave Saracens uh, for a year or two at Sale and then go mm. back to Saracens and, and you link up there with Eddie Jones as well. Yeah, so I, I came to Sale with uh, through Steve Diamond, who's obviously current um, director of rugby at Sale, and he 
just a coincidence, really. After my first year there, he went to join Saracens as head coach and, and took me down back with him. So I'd done a sort of year and went straight back to Saracens. And um, we, and it was a difficult year for Saracens. If I'm telling the truth, you know, we had they they had a lot of coaches, a lot of turnaround of coaches and players, and I managed to do eleven years in there in total. But um, towards my, my last year it was when Eddie Eddie arrived at the club and and did a year with us. Um, we'd previously got to the semi final of the European Cup, and then Eddie came in. Um, and it was a difficult time for the club because there was um, new investors into the clubs from South Africa and there's a lot of change at the end of that year um, before I left off to the Queens. But. It's been a thoroughly impressive career and uh, I guess uh, all capped off by playing for England as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously that that, that was the dream and um, I, play, I played against uh, South Africa, funnily enough, in 2007 down in Bloemfontein and uh, you know, I, was, I was lucky in my career that I played uh, most... England levels on the way up, so you know, twenty-one students, nineteens, uh, A's, um, but to get the the full cap was obviously icing on the cake and um, a, a great feeling, and uh, obviously something I'm very very proud of. Um, I'd like to have played a few more times for England, but that wasn't to be. But um, yeah, to say I've done it once is uh, is uh, obviously something I'm really proud of. At that stage in your career, when you did uh, make that appearance for England, did you think that maybe the chance had gone? Um, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I, I think I was 20, 28 at the time when I got capped and I'd played 200-odd um, you know, first-class games, as it were. Um, and you, you do think, you, you know, you, it's, not, it's probably not going to happen. You've been on a couple of A's tours and it's not going to happen. But the opportunity came to go to South Africa and, um, yeah, obviously delighted to get that opportunity. The next year, the following season, I was playing well and uh, unfortunately had a, a broken arm and was out for four or five months, which ended any chance of probably playing for England again. But... Um, yeah, it would to, to do it once was fantastic. Do you still have like the shirt and the the cap at home? Yeah, they're they're, they're at home. Obviously, um, uh, I think I gave one. Get, you get a couple of shirts, and I gave one of the shirts to my school and stuff. So, um, but yeah, they're, they're they're at home on the wall somewhere. Yeah, it, it's fo- fo- funny in football because a lot of people will look at uh, international uh, football and and maybe disregard it a little bit because they see club as more important. In cricket, it's the other way around. What's it like in rugby? Yeah, it's it's probably mixed. Obviously, I think. That is everyone's goal, you know. You want to be, a, you know. My goal was to be a professional rugby player, and once I become a professional rugby player, I wanted to go as far as I can. And um, and obviously that was to to play for England. And I think everyone playing in the Premiership at the moment who's English will want to play for their country. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a massive uh, it's a massive thing to be able to say you've done. And um, and and obviously that they play 10, 12 games a year now, maybe. So um, it's becoming uh, more and more. That's where you want to be as a top professional. So you have now since retired, but mm-hmm. uh, you're given back as a coach. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the, it wasn't the plan to coach. You know, I'd gone into I'd gone into business, and um, it wasn't the plan to coach. But after a year out of the game, I found myself shopping on a Saturday at three o'clock. I thought, <laughs> what, the, what the hell am I doing here? You know, and um, I got I got back involved with my local club, which was Wirral, and to help a friend out who was coaching down there at the time, and then just got sucked into it really. And uh, we had a good few successful years at Wirral, went through the leagues, and. Um, uh, and, and did really well and I uh, really enjoyed it but I've now moved on to uh, Caldy Rugby Club which is another Wirral uh, Rugby Club in National 2 um, we've got some really good players there it's a really uh, really good setup, and, and we're doing really well punching above our weight probably where we're at um, but yeah I love coaching and, and like you say giving a bit back trying to help lads improve get better and um, you know in, in, and enjoy their rugby careers because obviously it's a very a very short window of sporting career so you try and do what you can to help them enjoy it
Any lads you've seen coming through who could emulate what you've done? Yeah, I mean, there's, we've got some really, really good players who have, you know, have, some lads have played international honours at junior levels and um, and haven't quite made it. But um, yeah, and you know, the the Wirral is actually a bit of a hotbed for rugby talent. You know, the, the Wirral Grammar School did really well. I think last year they got to the final, I think, or the final one of the national cups. They've got a young guy who just left Wirral Grammar School last year who's played on the wing for Sale Sharks this year. Um, obviously, a real a real talent. So there's 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 young lads in in the area that are pushing to become professionals and play for England hopefully one day. Uh, let's get on to your sporting hero then. Uh, I know you're a big football fan as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, it says on your Wikipedia page here that you had trials for Liverpool. Yeah, well, I, before I played rugby, I was uh, you know um, growing up as I loved my football and uh, I was actually looking up to be in the I think they called it the School of Excellence or the Academy at Liverpool for a couple of years. Um, up until about I was fourteen, I think fourteen and a half, something like that. Um, and I absolutely love my football, but uh, yeah, um, I do follow Liverpool. Huge <laughs> Liverpool fan, obviously, um, which is great at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, is it a footballer or a, a rugby player that you're going to go for for a sporting hero? Yeah, I probably, probably rugby. To be honest, there's lots of lots of um, Liverpool players from when I was growing up who would probably say you know they were they were a sporting hero, but I think. When I went, uh, I changed over and started playing rugby at the age of 11. The England team at the time were doing fantastically well and there was obviously a guy in there who was a a real character and really well known who obviously inspired me to play the position that I did. And um, I've been lucky enough to to meet him and know him quite well now because obviously he played for Harlequins as well and so you you, you get to know these guys uh, quite well. But uh, Brian Moore, uh, who was hooker for England and Harlequins at the time, and you know when you saw him play and you know facing up to the French and all that sort of stuff, um, you know that's who you, that's who you wanted to emulate and who you wanted to be. Yeah. I was going to say, what about his game? Was it that made you just go, I, I want to follow him? Yeah, I think he was just a, a great personality in his whole attitude, and he wanted to win. And he was, you know, he's obviously a tough player, and um, he gave everything he got on the on the pitch. I don't, I'd be a bit unkind to Brian to say maybe he wasn't the most you know talented of uh, rugby players because obviously he was very talented and, and skillful for that time. But it was more about his attitude and you know um, the, the 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 way he, the way he played the game and got you know wanted to get wanted desperately to win every time he took to the pitch. Yeah. And um, what was it that you put into your game that he had then? Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I wouldn't say I was. You know, Brian's <laughs> obviously a legend of, uh, of English rugby. I never reached that level, but. Um, you know, I, I think I was a good competitor, and I wanted to do well. And I wanted to win, and um, and uh, you know, try and emulate that sort of attitude. Playing, he was playing at a time when the England rugby team really needed a few heroes to to try and yeah. get them back into or start getting into the public eye again. Yeah, I think they'd have a. I think the English team in the rugby, rugby team in the eighties has had a really tough time, but they they made Will Carling captain, I think, in eighty seven, and the team sort of turned its fortunes around. They got to the final of the nineteen ninety one World Cup, and they really did put. Rugby, Rugby on the map in this country, you know, they they became Will Carling, Jerry Guskett, Brian Moore. They became household names. Rob Andrew, um, and they really pushed in the early nineties and probably were the catalyst for turning the game professional because these guys were working full time, training pretty much full time every day. You know, they'd be in in the gym at six in the morning before they go off and be solicitors or whatever they were doing. And I think they got to the point where enough's enough. You know that. There's enough money in the game now to turn us professional, so we can concentrate on what we're doing. And I think they, those guys, really were the catalyst for turning the game professional, certainly in this country. And obviously, I've got to be thankful for that because that gave me my 14, 15 year career. So it's crazy to think that it's 25 years ago, that short a time since the game wasn't professional. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable how these guys juggled their full time jobs and and playing 
to the level they did or going on tours um you know long three four five week tours down in australia or new zealand what have you but um it is crazy to think that it's been only and it's done really well the sport you know and i think there's a bit of a battle in this country between club and country um and it's a shame that's never come together to grow the sport even quicker um but it's getting there you know i think crowds are getting bigger the tv revenues getting bigger sponsorships getting bigger these guys now playing for England in the World Cup final tomorrow are, are probably earning more money than than ever before, which is great for for them. And obviously, really, you know, I think young kids playing rugby now at ten, eleven, twelve can say, "I want to be a professional rugby player and make a career out of it," um, which which is great. And it's great for the sport. So Brian Moore was a hooker. Yep. Uh, you were a hooker as well, mm-hmm. which obviously in, in rugby. A lot of the time, your position can be dictated by your body size and your body yeah. shape as well. But can you just explain what a hooker is and what they do? Yeah, so a hooker um, is a guy that throws the ball into the line out. And he's a guy that's in the middle of the scrum. And, and his job is to hook the ball back from the scrum half to the number eight feet. Um, and generally just to get stuck in. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I was a footballer at the time when I, when I went to... Uh, we were grammar to play rugby for the first time and the teacher said oh you play football you you can be a hooker then maybe I was a, a little round chap as well probably <laughs> helped but um so yeah so I just, I just I got pushed into hooker straight away and never looked back really it's not like I played any other position either so um but that's generally the, the role of the hooker is to, to do those two set piece roles really so you know Brian well now mm-hmm. can you remember the first time you met him were you nervous yeah, obviously. Well, yeah, you know, I still get a bit like that now when I see Brian. You know, because obviously I see him at dinners now and again about the, about the place, um, and you say hello to him and you know how you're doing. But um, yeah, he's, he's still a character. You know, he's uh, he's but he's a, he's a he's a good guy, and um, obviously I never played against him. Uh, maybe fortunately, you know, <laughs> but um, I think he just retired as I was as I was uh, turning pro. So, um, but yeah, he's he's obviously a big Harlequins fan, and he still you still see him out uh, down and about the ground if you're down there. Did he ever give you any advice or have any influence on your career once you had started playing? No, I, probably because I, I didn't really um, get to know him well until I was getting to, to the end of my career. But he, he gave me some good advice when I retired, actually. Funnily enough, you know, we were chatting. I'd just retired through injury in the, the February time. And uh, I was at Quinn's. I did a bit of an ambassador's job for Quinn's when I first retired. And uh, I was chatting to him at one of the games, you know, and, he, and he, uh, he gave me some good advice as I was retiring to, you know, because um, he'd he'd gone through those challenges of retiring from sport and uh, the, the, all those challenges that it can bring, and uh, so it was nice to have an attitude about that. And um, yeah, those sort of things you do take on board. Yeah, absolutely, a brilliant sporting hero to have. Brilliant to have you in the studio uh, today as well, Matt. So thank you very much for your time, and thank you Pleasure. very much for picking uh, Brian Moore as your sporting hero. Thank you very much. That's former England Rugby Union International Matt Cairns on the Sporting Heroes podcast. My name's Matt Jones, and if you hit the subscribe button, you'll get a brand new episode in your inbox next week.